three, two, one, action. Welcome to another episode of YA Dad and Daughter. This episode, Amal Unbound by Aisha Saeed. Hi, welcome to YA Dad and Daughter. I am Andy, the dad half. I'm Samara, the dot half. Dot, dot, daughter half. On this episode, we're talking about Amal Unbound by Aisha Saeed. Hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, published in 2018 by Nancy Paulson Books and in print of Penguin Young Readers. It's it, uh, We were told it was more of a middle grade book. For younger readers, but uh, I think that everything in it uh, applies as far as young adult books go. Um, I'm not sure what the what the current definition of YA books uh, is, so someone might need to write in and tell us what it is currently. I feel like it's constantly changing. I have noticed that they're being put in the contemporary fiction section of most bookstores, so I don't know if that means they're taking over as far as um, how they're marketed or if that's just what people are reading now. But anyway, the one thing that didn't jump out to me with this book, and I'm just going to put this down, is that Typically, I feel like a Y book has some kind of emotional. Now, I wouldn't say romantic because there's that. That's sort of a different notion. That's a completely. That's completely wrong. That's a completely different thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that usually they're going to often be some kind of strong emotional connection between two characters, whether it turns into romance or whether it ends state platonic, whether it's something that. That comes to fruition or not. I Just think like it's... a strong bond between two characters. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, this, obviously that does happen in this, but I think you tend to think of it um, as some kind of romance or some kind of significant other uh, situation. But in this book, it dealt uh, almost exclusively with Amal, her situation, and the people around her. It's about a girl named Amal in Pakistan, uh, part of a, a large, happy family. She is in school with her sister and a friend, and she really loves it. She actually is told many times that she should become a teacher because she's so great at, at teaching the younger kids and mentoring those, um, her sister and working with the teacher, teach the kids. And everything's going great uh, until her mother has a new baby and her mother goes into a postpartum depression specifically because, or at least partially because the baby is another girl and they have all girls and they were hoping for a son. And so Amal has to stay home from school, take care of the family and do a lot of the things that the eldest has to do. And once while she's in the village, she um, has an altercation with the local landlord who is a very shady character, young man. And when she defies him, he comes to her house and pretty much takes her as his uh, slave or his servant and demands that she go to his his large mansion house and be one of his servants. And it's a place of fear and, and oppression. And she goes there and she gets to know the staff there. It's all about her being taken away from her family and forced into a life that she doesn't know, you know, a life that she doesn't expect will ever end. And she sees certain people who've been doing this most of their lives and she sees no way out. And, you know, her dreams of becoming a teacher, her dreams of being with her family, all that get kind of crushed under the situation at the Khan's house with his son. That's the gist of it. 
you know, I will say that after the hate you give, which we did last episode, I was not expecting there to be a, you know, I guess spoiler alert. I wasn't really expecting there to be a quote unquote happy ending. And there, there was at least in comparison to hate you give, I felt like it was a little bit more of a hopeful ending and she's in a position where things are, are looking much better than they were throughout the book. So I don't know if that's because it's more of a middle grade book or if that's because um, obviously it's an author's choice, but um, you know, it could have ended a lot of other ways. What did you think? Were you, when you were reading the book, did you feel that it was going to end well? Actually, yes. I just felt like, I, I felt like it would work out for him all in the end. Did you know that this kind of situation was a daily reality for people in different parts of the world? I think for me, I kept thinking to myself, this is, I'd forgotten that, that it's a feudal system where this, these kinds of landlords rule over different areas and, and have everyone under their control and have a household of servants and live this life that's so out of touch with the rest of the community. But I had forgotten it was called that. And I, and I, it's always a harsh reminder that this kind of thing's happening right now. Yeah, I, I was. I actually did this um, thing, and uh, it was a like model UN thing, and I had to do some like research about stuff around the world. Like before I even chose like what committee I was going to do, I had to do like research, and so I did a lot of research, and um, I kind of kept that with me. Well, tell me this: what were your thoughts on when Amal's mom has a, another girl? Everything shuts down. How did that make you feel? the the worth and the value that the, that at least in the in this book that the culture seemed to place on sons over daughters. Well, I mean, I felt like, hey, girls aren't that bad. We're pretty awesome. But it is that way in some parts of the world. So I can't be like, that's bad. This is a bad book because of that. These people are mean people because they're actually like they were a good family and they all cared about each other. And I guess it's just like what how society like pegs uh, men women girls and boys like who's more like who they feel is more important and that that's not personal preference really. do you think it was a do you think that the author made it a personal thing or do you think the author kind of kept her distance from judging whether or not that was a good or a bad thing i don't really know you know i think it, i think it is every person's right to say so that they think something's good or bad whether or not it's the reality somewhere so i know when i read it i was the fact that she had to lose all of her momentum at school and everything because her, um, you know, mom and her family were so bummed out about it. That was sad. That was yeah, frustrating. I did, yeah, I did find that part a little bit unfair how she, um, Amal had to just kind of like lose like like any hope of ever like being a teacher or partially. Thankfully, when you read the book, you do find out she does have her sister, right? That yeah, brings Sima. home and like a note and stuff from the teacher who's still willing to like send her lessons home and stuff so that she learns. So I, I found that nice how the teacher and the teacher like read a whole most nice note to her. Yeah, the teacher kicked butt. I, I was super happy when I when I when that happened. <laughs> I was like, yay! It's like a, a little committee to keep Amal learning and uh, especially when she was excited about her poetry unit. Uh, but I thought that was pretty sad and I think the other the, the saddest part of the book for me and clearly it was a, a point at which uh, the author was was very moved just based on the writing and the scene of it and the, the, the dialogue was when um, Amal is at the landlord's house and she befriends a young girl there I think Fatima is that her name 
there were two girls. There was the one that didn't like her at first, and then the younger right. one. Right. And so she meets Fatima, who's like one of the few people who's nice to her. Or at least uh, there's a girl there who's about her own age who's very mean to her. And we find out later that's because uh, Amal ends up taking that girl's place as the personal servant to the, the, the mother of the house. Who ends up being okay for okay <laughs> for all you know all things considered. Anyway, the, this very young girl befriends her, and her father, who she calls Baba, is the cook, uh, and so she gets Amal good food in the beginning, and then Amal starts to teach her to read, and then down the line there's a scene where you learn that that's actually not the girl's father; it's just an older man who's been working there for a long time, and the girl showed up by herself at the age of five, I think, or six and was just taken there and sort of brought into indentured servitude and this old man took her under his wing because she had nobody else and it's a really heartbreaking moment i thought let's talk about the the thrilling plot but the i the, forget the thrilling plot the, that they that they hatch to take down um oh what's his face old what's his face he said not so old what's his face what's his face so not old the house that they're in belongs to the khan khan sahib and his son is jawad sahib i'm probably pronouncing this all over the place and he is really bad so the khan is actually somebody who's been who's threatened the community and been a landlord for years and don't we find out that he like while most of his books take place he's actually away yeah, he's away. He's like an old man, and he's just he's away. And then it's his son who kind of runs the business now, Jawalp. Dad, try to pronounce it, and then if you give uh, up, just give Jaw- up. Jawad Sahib. Jawad Sahib. Yeah, he and he's the young, um, kind of swaggering jerk of the house who everyone's afraid of now, and is, is very let's see, he's un sort of looking for unpredictable is the word, um, also, which is why he brings another word. He is not a very nice person. He's not a very nice that's not person. a word. That's a that's a, a sentence. No, whatever. Uh, but do you remember what happens to him and what they do? So at one point in the book, she goes to this literacy center um, while while she's working at as a servant. Why does she go to the literacy center again? She goes to the literacy literacy center because uh, Jawad Sahib. In an attempt, so his father, who's pretty much a gangster, is running for politics, an office, a political office. Put those two together. And politics, political office. office of politics, of policies. And he's trying to make himself look good. So he ends up building a literacy center for her village, and nobody's going. And they're not going because they're afraid of him. He wants to install a mall there as like a person who goes to the literacy center in order to make other people go. So she just goes there and she meets uh, um, Asif, I think. Yeah, something like that. And uh, he's he's like American, I think. I think he was educated in America, but yeah, he maybe. might be from Pakistan. Yeah, maybe. And so basically they become friends. She like finds out that she's already like like literate. She's already like pretty smart. She knows a lot of stuff. And so he's like, wow, okay, I don't guess I don't really need to teach her that stuff. And so he teaches her like use computers and... He lets her bring home books to teach uh, Fatima with, um, and uh, teach her how to read and read aloud to her, and uh, yeah. Uh, so how does that play into the so, thrilling plot? So at um, some point in the book, um, we find out that 
So police keep coming to um, uh, Joseph Sahib's house, and um, we find out that they are coming to the house and. they're looking for somebody. Yes, they're looking for somebody who went missing. And um, so at one point, they thought they, I think, overhear, don't they overhear something? Yeah, I think that the driver and Josephi, um are talking about, or was it the driver who overheard? Yeah, he overheard. I the think. driver overheard, maybe. Some, 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 someone in the staff overheard Josephi talking about a body and. The body is the person who is missing. And so later we find out, or earlier, at some point in the book, we find out that um, the guy at the literacy center, his father is a um, lawyer. And so uh, Amal's plan is to um, like tip him off about the the body and uh, what Jawab Sahib said. I mean, it all ends up okay in the end. Yay. So they get like arrested and stuff and... Wait, what? That, that came out wrong. They didn't all get arrested. <laughs> Only Jawad Sahib and his dad. And do you remember that there's this scene where they find the ledgers, which are the books where he keeps all the money that's owed to him, and that matches up the different accounts or the different debts that are owed. Are, they realize that they match up to when certain people disappeared and or turned up dead. So I think it's... I can't remember her name, and I should, but Amal's closest friend... Finds out that one of her cousins died at the same time or was killed at the same time that he owed a debt to Shawat Sahib. So she realizes that he was one of his victims. So it kind of like all ties into this idea that he's been, you know, taking people out of the picture and taking people from their families and doing all these wonderful things. So he does get his. It was Shawat Sahib! I, I don't think I pronounced that right, but I don't care! You're about to say something. So you're not My mouth is hanging open. Uh, and so, actually, at an earlier point in the book, um, Amal goes home, you know, to, like, visit her family, and it's, it's kind of sad to see how much life has moved on without her, like, her, the second oldest sister has kind of taken over, taken care of the household, uh, her friends have gotten, like, closer to other people, like, other friends, and it's just sort of, um, it's kind of hard for her, because it's like, she's so glad to be home, but, you know, she might not kind of feel like she's at home, because... Everyone seems to have like kind of moved on without her, and that that's always really hard. Yeah, no, I I thought that was a really a difficult time. And do you think that the family, some of the reason the family didn't, it, it she often seemed to expect them to want to know more or to acknowledge that she'd been gone more, and that nobody really brought it up. And do you think they did that on purpose? Maybe, maybe not to like make her like. I don't think it was like to be like, oh, she, you were gone. You don't, you weren't here for any of this. It's all your fault. I think it was more like to make her feel less bad about how she she was gone and to make it feel more normal, really. Mm-hmm. Even though, I mean, it's hard to feel normal without acknowledging that something's changed. Right. It felt that's why it felt so fake. It felt she felt it was really weird that nobody was bringing it up. Yeah, because. It can't. Nothing can feel normal if you're pretending that everything is normal, even though yes, you know right, something exactly. has changed. You can't just pretend that oh, everything's normal, nothing's changed, we're all okay. I sympathize a little bit with the family because they must have been like, how do we talk about this thing? It's so awful, and because we find out later that uh, after she spent some time at home, that 
they've sold a bunch of their personal belongings. They've done all these things. They just, they, there's still no way they're going to raise the money to get her back. And so it's, you know, probably a little mixture of avoiding that conversation and then also not quite being sure how to talk to her about this thing that happened to her and knowing that they're a little bit responsible. Um, yeah, it's a, it's really a, a horrible situation to be in, um, which is why secretly as a reader, I was very happy that happy ending, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, happy I didn't ending. expect one. I really didn't. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, if, if, if it was a, a different age range for the, the readership, would it have been a kind of a darker ending? On another note, the cover of this book is absolutely gorgeous. Okay, that, that, I just want to say No, that. that's funny. I was going to say something about cover. that, too. Well, what do you think the, the, the title means? I mean, let's, well, let's break this down here. Let's break down this The title is Amal Unbound. Um, so, Amal, that is the name of the character. Yeah, that, that's, that's true. That, that, I think you got a 50% chance of getting that right. Go me! Then unbound. Well, bound means you usually... Um, <laughs> do we have a dictionary? Does that mean somewhere? you leap? You you bound like a deer? Yes. A gazelle? She, she cannot... Bounds. She can no longer bound. No. Uh, well, we, I wish we had a dictionary here. But we don't have a dictionary here. So there's two types of bound. There's bounding, like... Leap, bounding like a deer. Leaping, sort of. And there's being bound. I often, leap, I often bound around the house. Sorry. Um, another, another way of being bound... Which is being kind of like tied to something mm-hmm. metaphorically or actually, uh, or Ooh. literally being bound. And Amal unbound, it's sort of, I think, a, it's metaphorical because she's not literally tied or chained to anything. Mm-hmm. But in a metaphor- metaphorical sense, she is bound to like having to like be a servant. Like she's kind of restricted. I don't know how to describe it, you know? No, I think you hit it right on the head. I think for a second I was going to say, well, is it literally bound? Because she is a, an indentured servant in this house. But you're right. She's not literally bound because she doesn't have shackles on or handcuffs or anything. She is bound by knowing that if she left, they would find her when they might do something to her family. So, like, kind of a psychological binding. And she's not supposed to leave. And then what about the, the whole reading and education thing? Like in the book? Yeah. About how that maybe unbound means... When I think of the cover and all like these beautiful images of books with things flying out of them, birds flying free, and sun rays and growing flowers, I think of like knowledge. Yeah, I mean, it also could be like in that case too, like knowledge, like unbound knowledge. But that might just be wrong because I don't know. <laughs> I'm now speaking in an odd voice. Yeah, I think you're I onto it. And let's talk about Nazreen ba- Nazreen Baji, the the mother of Jawad Sahib, the kind of the queen of the castle, right? She's the, she's Khan Sahib's wife, and she ended up being a very complicated character. Do you remember her origin story? No. Would you please enlighten <laughs> us, Dad? Um, no, she is a village girl. But we don't like listening to you talk. That's true. She is a village girl, very much like Amal, who was not expecting to live a life of riches and power. And so there are a lot of things that she remembers about the village that she can, you know, gossip that she can talk to Amal about or get Amal's take on it or ask her if that's still the case in my village. Um, and that's kind of how they bond, right? Is she a villain? No, but I wouldn't say she's like a good guy either. I mean, she's a nice, nice-ish person. Like she's nicer than some of the characters. I, I'd say she's one of those kind of more neutral characters that 
you know, she's not she's not bad, she's not good, she's Do you know the expression guilt by association? Yeah, kind of. I, I agree she's not a bad character, but she, I don't I definitely don't think she's a good guy. She I don't even think she's neutral. I think that she is somebody who approves what her husband and her son do by not caring about it. Or by allowing things like, oh, this girl made a fool of my son in public, so she is now our indentured servant for, you know, an indeterminate amount of time. Uh, I think that she was an interesting character because she had those different layers, just like there were two servants who got their whole life was kind of around the mansion and they got paid and it's where they lived. And when everything falls apart, you remember they, they, they're they like, what are we going to do now? Because even though it's great, this guy's gone. He was a miserable person. Well, now they're kind of out of work. They're out of their entire kind of life because they spent their entire life here. That was where they lived, where they worked, where all their friends were. And so it's kind of like, what are we going to do now? I feel like that's the one part that doesn't make it a completely happy ending. It's yeah, happy for them all, right. but it's it's hard to it's hard for kind of like other characters. And I, I actually kind of would like to see what happened to like everyone afterwards. It'd be so interesting. Throwing a little bit of of breadcrumbs and, and silver lining that the, those two fellow servants are going to stay with Nazarene Baji and follow her and, and still be employed and everything. But at the same time, is it truly your identity when it's inextricable from someone else's and that their identity is pretty much what you take on as yours? But then you get into the whole class and servant structures throughout history and I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> um, well, I can go get my history notebook mo- notebook if I still have it. We talked a lot about this in seventh grade. Oh, really? Thanks, Miss Wickersham. It definitely brings up a lot of universal issues of wealth and poverty and a small few dictating the lives of a huge number of people, usually through fear um, and you know, regardless of who suffers. So I think that that was, it was, it was illustrated in a very relatable way. Um, and, you know, like with some of the other books we've read, I definitely was appreciative of the, the window into well, one Pakistan story because it's, you know, it's not a voice that you, you, you get to hear all that often. So I definitely was enjoyed reading it for that reason. Yeah, I enjoyed reading it too. 